welcome to the uh, Mothership, the Corrective <laughs> Culture podcast, yes. Murray Krause, which is Callan's dad. and Yeah, had a lot of people hitting us up to do it, so yeah. here we are. Very cool. Yeah, so this is uh, my one hour of fame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how, yeah. How do you feel right now? Do you Your feel legacy. Do you feel nervous about being on a podcast or do you feel... Not really. Because it's um, you're not aware that you're really on a podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> you know, other than the cameras and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of all these uh, eyes checking you out. Well, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. So I guess what made us sort of kickstart this is Jake's as as some of you, as you will know, Jake's dad recently passed away. You know, about a couple of months ago now. Yeah, three yeah. three months ago. Yeah. Three months ago, wow. Uh, two months ago. Two months ago, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and we have that podcast we did with Jake's dad. And what was mm. really cool was Jake played a clip of the podcast at the funeral. Mm. And fuck, it was an amazing, amazing bit to be able to hear his voice mm. like that, you know? Because mm. a lot of people don't get that. And just yeah. to, it, really, it really showed who he was. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm great. I mean, I haven't listened to the podcast because it's a bit painful still. Yeah. But it's um, it's good to know that you've got your dad there. You know, and and you get a touch. You get to you have a touch of your dad that's never going to go away. Yeah, so that's why we were talking about it. And we're like, we're going to get your dad on, and your kids will see that one day. Exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And yeah. I guess we're not here forever, are we? <laughs> and yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, it's um, uh, when you're young, it's just a supposition. You know, your own death type of thing. But mm. at my age, I can sort of see it coming. You know. <laughs> And you've got to decide how much, mate. What what counts? What counts now? You know. Yeah. And uh, make the most of it for sure. Yeah. Are you Are you afraid of like your your own death, or are you? No, at the actual moment, I suppose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I've been checking out those NDE things. You know, the near death experiences. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there seems to be a common theme about another realm. Mm. And uh, I, I think who was that guy who used to who used to follow the? He popularized this particular lady. She was an Amer- uh, American, but Indian, uh, you know, from sort of the subcontinent type of thing. And and um, uh, what was erroneous zones? He wrote a book called Erroneous. Oh, zones. Wayne Dyer. Oh, Wayne Dyer. Yeah, yeah he, right. he he sort of popularized. He got her on. He's amazing. Yeah, and her her account was pretty. It was well, all the accounts are sort of similar, you mm. know. Mm. And at the end of the day, it's all about love, type of thing. Yeah, love transcends. Death. It's a, it's an opportunity. Life mm. is an opportunity to love. Mm. So, um, so I got some catching up to do. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, I think we all do, eh? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's yeah. it's cool when you hear Paul talk about stuff like that. Like that, he's he's just like a certainty of like, oh no, nah, like it doesn't end here. Like you guys think mm. it all ends here? Like like he knows. Like there's he goes. There's so much life left. Like this is just mm. stage one sort of thing. And it's, yeah, this is the fourth grade. Yeah, yeah, and it's like a nice feeling knowing that. Yeah. Um. There's there's more really. Yeah, that's what it, it freaks me out because it's like there's more in a sense of the uh, the ego can comprehend that there's more now, but. Uh, the, you're not going to know that <laughs> when, yeah. you, when you die. You know what I mean? Like you, you obviously the next level up is the astral plane, and then, and then everything. So, 
Yeah, it's just like I, I don't think our minds can comprehend it because whenever someone tries to explain it, they just kind of goes like, blah. Mm. <laughs> just like, yeah, you can't, you can't ever get there, eh? Yeah, brain sort of fizzles out. Man, I, I had this weird feeling when I was young. I always had this feeling of, um, I'd think about like, okay, well, I was born, but what happened before I was born? There would have mm. been darkness, and I was like, okay, well, what happened before that, and then before that, and like. Everyone else is like, what happened, say, thousands of years ago, there would have been blackness. And then hundreds of thousands and hundreds of millions of years ago, there would have been just nothing, one complete dark blackness. Mm. And that was just, I used to have that thought as a kid. And I, I think like, everyone oh, has had that thought. Yeah. Eh? yeah. And does that make you feel like the, the sensation I got from that was really like freaky for a long time? Like I had a freaky sensation because and of that thought. I feel like the freaky nihilistic. You mean like a, yeah, like, like fuck. What is this? Yeah, <laughs> like from nothingness comes nothingness. This, mm. Yeah, and uh, and that's what we're doing, isn't it? Greater greater complexity and mm. evolution. What you guys are doing, you know, mm. we're, we're sort of discovering ourselves, really, what we are, and mm. and how to use ourselves and all that. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, and I think the freakiness of it is that you can't escape it. Death does isn't an escape because yeah. it all exists. Yeah. I think that's the freakiness for me. It's like, if you want to die, you can't die. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like it, it never stops. And yeah. when there's darkness, uh, the, the, obviously there's a subject-object reality, mm. you know what I mean? So mm. that's still something in itself, mm. you know? And um, yeah, I guess our brains will never, never be able to, figure that out i reckon and that's probably part of the whole journey mm. have you touched it like um you've done dmt haven't you yeah did you feel that did you touch the <laughs> other side or were you yeah i well for the people listening dm yeah I, you can't trip harder like when i did dmt there's no tripping more than that you know mm. what i mean there's no like that's as, as hard mm. as you can possibly trip because you leave your body and all of a sudden you're in spirits and shit um so what i touched when i had dmt the the presence I got was feminine and well that's what I saw I saw anyway. And the presence I got was was just all powerful but still wouldn't say nurturing or more like like a like a it was a mother father figure, you know, mm. it was that. And and somewhat nurturing but um but just all powerful. And and to the sense that like remember that um London Real thing, man. It was Reconnect. It was on, I think it's off YouTube now, but I used to watch it. And he was a Wall Street guy. And then he got obliterated. He goes, when I, when I did Ayahuasca, he got obliterated. The first night he didn't, the second night he did. And then what he got was like, um, you think you're something. And he goes, you're, oh, you're, yeah. you're nothing. And he goes, your concept of time is this. He goes, we are this. Yeah. And he goes, and like basically just said, what do you even like yeah, worrying yeah. about any of this shit you yeah, know what i mean like so it's all eternal and it all yeah. and you, your plan is this and our plan is this like mm. and that's the feeling you got mm. um and i guess that's similar to, in a sense of what i got like oh yeah this well what it showed me was that there's something else going on that's for sure because mm. you can't just hit that realm that everyone always similar stories that people get and the fact that i saw the similar i saw a lady with snakes in her hair and i left my body and and all that and you know when people talk about post-death experiences, how they leave their body? And that's what happens, right? A DMT chip happens in your brain when you die, apparently. Mm. I left my body. So I got to experience that. And this was the crazy thing. I left my body and I could see my body and I could see the room and I could see the boys in the room looking at me being scared because I was having a fit on the couch, mm-hmm. which is fucking crazy. Like, what is that? 
You know, I can't, I can't, I can't explain that. So mm. now it's like a dream to me. But yeah, it showed me that um, there's more else than what we all think. But then it fades off and you forget and you're back, yeah. back to usual fucking yeah, fully well, grind. That's like the common thing. Like when my mother died, I was there at the moment, and um, and I actually looked up just in case. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, you were there the moment she died, like yeah. last last breath. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And was it like a deep breath or? No, just light. Yeah. Light breath. It was literally the last breath. Mm. Wow. Isn't, isn't it fascinating? Like when I saw my dad's body, I was like, it was so comforting. Like I, there's something that you can't put into words. Um, it's obviously very painful, but like seeing your mum die um, and having the courage to like sit there with her when she passes, that's like such a powerful experience, would you say? Like seeing that last breath but then understanding that they've transcended now really brings it into the frontal lobe like the 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 brain that can really under make make sense of it almost yeah well it's a gift um and and that's what makes life worth living funny enough mm. yeah yeah, yeah it's, what a paradox like that <clears throat> or um you know what makes life worth living you know well the other day Honey's leap into the water. That, you know that's worth living to see that. Yeah, you know? mm. yeah. Or my dog, by the way. Yeah. Or, or with Casey's dog that night swimming, she was scared of water, and we went swimming and swimming with a body alongside me. Mm. Things like that. Yeah, you know? I know. Just, I get it. It's just um, that's what counts. That's that's worth a million dollars. You know? Yeah, you can't you can't buy that, eh? You can't buy exactly mm. yeah. those experiences. When um when when Susie died, was it like? What was that experience for you in the sense – that's how, how my grandmother, the way, dad's mother. Because um, you knew it was coming. We all knew it was coming, right? Mm. And you know what I mean? Did, did you cry or did you um, – oh, how, can you, can, how can you describe it? You know what I mean? Because I've never seen you cry in my life. And Well, tears come, obviously. But yeah. But, um, well, I've never seen that, yeah. But um, – and then there'll be occasion, could be months later. And all of a sudden you'll just break down and sob, you know. Yeah. And yep. because there's lots of regrets and stuff that you're bringing up, you know. Yeah. About what we could have done, should have done, all yeah. that stuff. <clears throat> so, and you just, you got to let all that go, though. Otherwise it'll drag you down. You know? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, did you did you hold on to some, like, uh, regrets or, like, just, like, not, not spending enough? Because it's always, like, that's what I had with Dad. I was like... Even though I spoke to him the day he died, I was like, fuck, I just wish I had more time for him that day. Is it, And I feel like that's a theme with a lot of people. Every, yeah. every story. Is that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's knowing you're not going to – it's final, eh? So. Mm. But I still think my mother was relevant in my life after. Yeah. Died. And there are a couple of occasions – I thought, this is mum for sure, you know. Yep. She's kicking our ass like my brother Todd. And this thing I explained that the other day, it was just a setup. And I'm going, she's kicking our asses, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and fair enough, because, you know, we weren't the best, you know. Mm. And it's the same, what I got back to at the start. It's an opportunity to love, you know. And uh, your heart, your heart knows love. I mean, you know, like you can get that with. People that are denying love, they'll they'll, 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 they'll sort of form their, 
they'll s- sort of form an armor around the yeah, in their body structure, you know, yeah, around the heart because maybe they've been hurt in the past, and so you know the response that sort of thing. Yeah, well, archetype postures, eh? Mm. I was looking, I was thinking about it like the. I went past the car salesman and I was like, oh, he's got the archetype car salesman posture. <laughs> like super upright, almost way too open. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, mate, yeah, like yeah, really yeah. open, like straight neck. And I was yeah. thinking there's no way he's doing wall leans and cervical shit. He's just trying to be that. And that's it made me think about like, oh, emotions, they're almost, they almost come first. But like we always speak about it, you, yeah. can, change, you can change it both ways, right? Yeah, it's all one thing. You got to bring an awareness to it as well but also the confidence can change the emotions and and the body can change the emotions and what like paul said to that message in my book man whatever it's like when you change your body you're reminded or something like Mm, that i have to to find that again um fucking spot on there yeah and then yeah so um and you can't actually feel the emotion without the body sensation if it otherwise it's just a cerebral you know sparking of the neurons or something or other until you have that feeling in the body you don't know whether you're sad or happy yeah yeah well i remember you used to say try and be sad while you when you smile like you know what i mean you just force a smile and it sort of change it brings an emotion with it yeah that's that's um, that's what you guys are all about anyway with the the body first well body mind you know and some but without yeah emotions feelings and then that we talk about sensations and that's so it's defining, it's it's getting separate feelings from sensations. Sensations is just like hot, cold, whatever. The feelings is is a is more whole body sort mm. of Yeah. Well, that's like, yeah, when you get a big yes for something, your whole body lights up. Yeah. yeah. And when you get a big no, you're like, oh, it just feels wrong. So yeah. I think like there's like four centers. I was speaking to Nick Perry about this the other day. It's like there's your sexual center. There's your gut there's your heart and there's your head. And I think we all get really confused because you could see a really good looking girl and you'd be like, okay, my sexual center is aroused, but my gut was like yeah, a little bit unsure. And then my heart was definitely unsure. And then your mind was like a yes, or, you know, you confuse your, you're confusing all your centers. So you don't get a clear answer. Mm. Yeah, so you really complicated. Things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it used to be just heart and head. Now it's full of things. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Um. Yeah, but <laughs> and I wonder, and which is the right one? Oh well, when they're all aligned, I reckon. Yeah, but as in, you know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. I get yeah. Like I yeah. mean, well, your heart would heart, be the right one. Heart. Yeah. Yeah, your heart would be the key, the key one to yeah, listen to. Definitely for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Usually, that's for the greater good of the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And and okay, back back on like just to to the the, the death thing. I'm going to stay on it for too long, but like. Mm. When when Ronnie died, your dad, I would have been pretty young. I would have been, how old have I been? I don't know, probably like six or seven or something. I don't know, maybe around that. Um, and I actually remember, I remember, do you remember this? When when we were driving, and we must have been driving out that way, and then you pulled over the car and you looked in the back to me and Ryan, and you go, listen, Ronnie's, Ronnie's dead or whatever, he's not coming back or something like that. And then I remember me and Ryan looked at each other and we were like, Whoa, like dad's a little bit like never seen him like that, you know what I mean? But we didn't comprehend it really, like Mm. we didn't understand it. Um, and was that unexpected or was that expected? Or was that if you were to compare like 
the death between, say, Susie and Ronnie, and obviously Susie came at a later age, you know, Ronnie came at a sooner age, like, mm. was one harder than the other, was one, you know, and, and, and when he died, was there a feeling of um, childhood gone, or you know what I mean? Like, like there's no, there's no elder anymore, you know what I mean? It's all anew, like. Um, well, I was fortunate that I was fairly old when, when Dad, you know, sort of his mid-60s, probably about my age now when he died. Yeah, speak so, a little bit closer. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can so, grab a hold of it, yeah. So, um, so it was expected because of what he was going through to relieve him of his uh, pain and for me, it was also looking at the healthcare system. I was just appalled at how primitive it was, and um, and his his death was he didn't go easy gently into that night. True. <laughs> and uh, prostate he, uh, was a prostate. Uh, no, he had it was it was sort of inter- uh, bowel ca- bowel cancer. Yeah, which was you know he's sedentary and just walk once a day type of thing. That was about it. And but. Um, but he, he seemed to have really fought the process of death at the moment. I didn't see him dying, but mm. just looking at his corpse. Uh, and same with my nana, Tess. Mm. She looked like she'd fought the process. But Susie and also Nancy, because I was there, seems to be a habit of mine. I was <laughs> there when she died too. Right. And the, moment, um, the moment she died. The moment she died, right. yeah. Okay. And um, and easier, smoother, calmer, and Nana too. You could see by her corpse, she she, she sort of died peacefully, you know. Mm. And um, I don't know what that's got to do with anything, but yeah, you know, it's sort of. Uh, I know Whoopi Goldberg started out life as a beautician in a morgue. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> True. And yeah. did did you speak at Ronnie's funeral? Yeah. Yeah. Just brief. Yeah. I said something along the lines of uh your integrity is your soul or something like that. Yeah. Because he was he was a good man, like he he had a good in good integrity. Yeah. What yeah. you saw is what you got, sort of thing, you know. He didn't lay burdens on people and yeah, lot for the community and all a little bit closer. Just so, so you know, um, yeah, and I, I still stand by that, really, because uh, we know what integrity is. You know, like it's um, what you see is what you get, isn't it? Like, there's no surprises hidden there. You know, like yeah, mm. so. yeah, it's, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. It is cool, and you can feel that kind of straight away when you meet someone. Whether they're like genuine or not, eh? Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Say that that man has integrity. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. pretty cool. And like, because I remember watching watching Jake speak at um at Pete's funeral, and I was like, "Fuck that!" <laughs> like, so hard. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, yeah, it was very hard. It was very hard to one the 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 a lot of people you don't know there, mm. and just being able to open up and just that whole thing of being seen, being vulnerable and crying and shit, like, it's all bullshit. Like, you should be able to do that at a funeral. And I think no one really, no one really, you know, would would be like, oh, they could. but I could see, you know, with the work I've done on myself and 
in the in the over the last ten years, I could see how much everyone was hiding because they don't want to feel that emotion come up. And my my thing was with dad was like, I'm gonna let all that out, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna look at everyone. I'm gonna own this as much as I can because if dad's watching, I know that that's what he would want. Mm. And I just kind of made a decision that day that I'm gonna do that in life anyway. It's funny you learn a lot from your parents' death. Mm. <laughs> and it's like I learned a lot from mum dying early at a young age too. She had bowel cancer as well. And that was just a big thing. I've healed a lot from that now, but dad was me and dad were like best friends. So it's like but it's an opportunity to love more, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um how old was your mum? I mean, how old were you? When mum died? Yeah. Eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And like you, I, I didn't see her die, but I I got home from Hawaii and I saw her like gasping for her last kind of breaths. And I was like, nah, <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> I can't cope with this. Yeah. But I knew it was coming because it was like she got diagnosed when I was 12 years old, which is really sick for like six years. Mm. But she was, um, yes, a woman of integrity as well, like super strong woman. Mm. Yeah. Um, not very deep, like not a, not a deep person. Like I was always a lot deeper. I think that's why I got along with dad. But, uh, yeah, she, she was, um, I, I feel like, you know, and that's why I do this now because like she, she was sick of cancer and you know, how you said earlier, you saw the healthcare system try and look after your dad. Mm. Is it your dad? Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, I saw the same thing and I was just like, none of this makes sense. Why are they telling her to go get radiation chemo again? Mm. Why are they giving her mixed opinions? It was so confusing. And uh, once I found the check stuff, I was like, whoa, like this actually makes sense. You can take your health in your own hands and not actually be scared. I don't know where I'd be because, yeah, like they told her, right, you've got five years to live. She was in remission on the five-year mark. Then she got terminally ill five years and five days. Mm-hmm. So wow. just – and then just went down, like was dead yeah. within like a, a month or something. Um, so I think the mind is a huge, and what they tell you is a huge thing. And you want to hear a crazy story? Mm. I just got told this at Jiu-Jitsu. Corey, uh, Corey Wake's uh, grandma or auntie or something, um, yeah. she got told she put a stage four kidney failure. So you need to, we were thinking dialysis, you need to be on all these medications and we're going to um, put you in the wait list for a transplant, right? And for years, and she's getting worse and worse, and then she was like, fuck it, I'm just going to like fuck it all and just stop taking all the medication and shit Mm. completely healed kidneys weren't fucked up ended up being the medication that was fucking her kidneys up so the start of it ended up being a bit of a kidney issue and they thought it was this put her on that made it worse and then literally she's off all of it and and he goes man she's fine now like completely fine complete it wasn't what they thought it was and it was the drugs that was obviously passing through the kidneys had to filter every time Mm. and then someone else they had a similar experience with someone they know, you know? Jesus. Because um, they, they tell them this shit. And remember, like, uh, uh, Mitchie Wake was mm. told he had cancer in the tumor mm. this whole a year or two years or some yeah. shit. Yeah. Thought he had cancer. In his hand, yeah. And, and it wasn't cancer in the end. And, you know, and it was like, everyone's like, whoa. And, like, imagine that, that weighing down feeling thinking, I got cancer, you know? Like, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. It's like, and, and to, I know. I know the system and and I know they're saying, oh, okay, you have this long to live from this experience, but that's for the average fucking person and all these stats and like this doctor's not going to tell me, not going to be God to the yeah. amount of days I have left. The amount that people just put their faith in this system that they think is smarter than them 
and smarter than the technology that the body already knows is silly. Like the body's ability to heal is incredible if you allow it to heal. Oh, it just uh, it does my mm. head in. Like yeah. that's I, I say it because passionately because I know that if my mum was if it was the little bit la- later in life, I know I would have been able to help her. I'm not saying I can cure cancer, but I know I would have been able to pr- prolong her life, or I know I would have been able to. Like I, I saw what she was eating, cokes. Like she just smoked coke, like all that kind of crap. She was on oxycontin at one stage. She was on morphine. Like she was just so like I, I, her body gave her a good chance to heal. And um, then the cancer spread, but it's like, you know, once cancer is syndrome X, it's like, it's the last stage. Like it's very hard to heal from it, but it's not impossible. Plenty of people have done it. And I think the body has the wisdom there. If you do every, everything in your four doctors, eh? dude, hundred yeah. percent. If you do the four doctors, like, cause we all know when we're doing too much of one thing, I think yeah. if we've got a, a good enough, like, you know, connection to soul or connection to whatever that is. You should know, you should get clear messages saying, ah, that's not the right way to go. It's like a bad relationship. It's like, you know, deep down. Yeah. Whenever I ask Ram Dass for answers, I always get, you know, right. you know, right. <laughs> and it's always deep down. It's a deep, but like, you always doubt yourself. Eh? Yeah. And then the mind goes, but, you know, but that's not of this world. How could you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is out there. Like people think that's crazy, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, um, well, we've learned a lot um, a while ago that, well, the cancer society or whatever it is in America got all these different doctors and professionals from a whole range, not just med- medical, you know, like mm. there's an astrophysicist there and all this sort of stuff. And um, they ultimately came down, they pretty well described it, but when these guys put all their info on the table, Big Pharma and that didn't want to know about it. Yes. You know, that was sort of saying the same thing you were saying and that cancer is just a symptom of your state and that you have to improve the state. Yeah. And and it, it it's, it's anaerobic, is it anaerobic? And so it's the last bastion of life where a cell can maintain life before it's just yeah rotting, you know. And so it, cancer is is that it's, it's it's primordial. It's it's where we all, we're all cancer at the start in mm. the in the swamp, you know. <laughs> we're all that sort of anaerobic type of thing. Mm. And then um, so it's just the foundation of life, really. Cancer. So it's it's not so much an enemy. It's life. Hanging on to itself, mm. yeah, that's a good way to good way to look at switch it up and and I think you're spot on, <laughs> yeah. Um, with uh, because it's like yeah, a lot of people like with the movement side of things, right? And what did um, what did you actually? There's a good question that Ronnie said. Like, what did um, you envision? Like, when you thought about what you wanted your kids to do, <laughs> was that ever a thought? Is that is that a thought as as a parent or like no not for me no nah. a lot of people it is yeah but for me I didn't have any aspirations in that regard yeah you know happy healthy all the usual things yeah yeah, yeah. and if anything um, I really let you choose your own yeah go your own way yeah we were always we had a lot of freedom 
and it was, it was cool. Like sometimes you look like, like fuck, I was a little shit sometimes, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But if you realize the freedom, um, what does it do? It's like it just holds you accountable, I think, to make mistakes and feel what good and bad feels like. Yeah. Like yeah. you would have made mistakes because you were allowed to do things. And I had similar, I was allowed to do everything as well. Yeah. But yeah, when your parent, you're like, oh, well, do I really want to do that? Like, yeah, it, it's the right way, I think, to raise a child because you allowed him to make his own mistakes and be a, be held accountable for them. Yeah. Which is rare. You, well, yeah, they, like you said, they have to make mistakes. It's the only way we learn. Yeah. And, um, you know, show me a person hasn't made a mistake, yeah. not worth showing. Yeah, yeah. And um, so the, so yeah, with the, uh, all you can do as a parent is try, try and sort of moderate the level of the mistake, mm. you know, so it's not life threatening or something. Along were you afraid lines. of like? Were you afraid of like giving him too much leeway and and then him say like hurting himself or dying or things like that. Did that ever like, or were you just always like total trust in the universe? Like here you go, Callan, like, a, you know? <laughs> well, there was that time there were, you know, the things at the, at the parks and that they have, um, you know, um, shade cloths, right? Yeah. And these guys are like bouncing on the shade cloth and up, up there. And, <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, if he comes down, <laughs> Am I going to be able to catch him and that sort of thing? You know? Yeah. Because it's fairly high. It's a ceiling up there. Mm. And it could have easily gone off the edge. Well, you, you're same. Kids do that all the time. I mean, yeah, clump you, shit. You've got a, yeah, monkeys and trees, you know. Yeah. And um, and it's always a kid that hasn't been allowed to, that when he's in a situation where he has to, he is not equipped. Mm. Mm. So do you remember, um, remember next door to... Our cousins, there was this kid um, and he was never allowed any toy guns and shit. Mm. And he'd always go to the JJ and Jakey's, always go to theirs and play with the guns and he ended up in the army. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, he ended up joining the army because like, the, the parents said, no, nah, not let him do that. Yeah. So he's fully, isn't it amazing how you say no? Yeah, and kids want to do it. And they want to they yeah. do it. And you know what's funny? Okay, remember? do you remember when I asked for a uh, smoke on a, see or whatever because dad's smoked white ox my whole life which is jail tobacco which is like just fucking black tobacco right it's rough as and <laughs> and not anymore but like um do you remember you gave me a rolly and then i asked for it and you rolled me one and then i smoked well, i had one puff of it and i was like that's fucked and yeah. i didn't, didn't have it and if you think about it in my whole friend group legit at one stage every single one of my friends smoked cigarettes everyone and i, n- I never did mm. Because I was just like, my dad smoked my whole life, like, and mm. I tried it. I was like, why? It's, to me, I saw it as like, um, I'm breathing in, like, why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. You know, I'm just dying. Like, yeah. it didn't make sense to me from a logic, because I'm all about logic. Mm. And I was like, oh, I breathe in this and, and it hurts me. That doesn't make any sense. So let's not do that, you know? Mm. Um, but I guess the freedom, hey, freedom really, like, and it almost got out of my system early because you would let, like, buy us drinks and shit if we needed to and stuff like that. And I felt like um, enough of that, and then and then I'll, it sort of got out of my system, you know. But I'm seeing crew my age now, just full getting maggot every weekend still, yeah, like because eh? um, maybe they didn't have that same freedom yeah. or whatever it was. Like mm. just get it out of your system. Like oh, I'm done with that now. Let's move on to something more meaningful. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess we we always had a lot of freedom, and like between you and mum, mum was more 
stricter, but not, she wasn't too strict. She would just like, all right, it's bedtime sort of shit, you know? And like, uh, you'd let me stay up and watch <laughs> SBS like <laughs> till like 1am and shit. Um, so it was a nice balance. And what I, what I got, I reckon is from mum, I got, uh, okay, th- well, this is what you do, got to do. You got to save this money and do this work and blah, 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 blah. Like, it's the systems, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I guess she's more in the sense of, um, fearful, right? Of this could happen, and I have those thoughts still, but it doesn't overpower it. I still got to witness them; otherwise, you're just an idiot, not not seeing the things that could hit you out and take you out. You know, um, so she would. She's the one that was like, "Nah," like it made me not get a car loan when I first left school for like fifty grand, that sort of shit. Some people jumped into those sort of things, mistakes. But you're you were more like, um, I guess, always optimistic. It's so funny. I wonder how you and mum met, because in some sense, she's you know, as a as a full mother archetype, um, glass half empty with things, and you're always glass half full. And I wonder how you two even like. I don't even know how you two meshed. To be honest, <laughs> it was the same old story. She had a good body. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and back then you're not thinking much. You know, there's not like you, if I could say recount my life. Yeah, the great thing about you guys is um, you're so far ahead, so much more developed. Than we were at your age. Mm. Yeah, um, we were just dumb jocks. You know, <laughs> well, you guys only had TV. If you think about it, yeah, yeah, there yeah. was no YouTube and shit. There's no other opinions but the television, eh? Unless obviously you were listening yeah. to like those radios and those magazines and stuff, but there was no. It was just TV. Yeah, you know, yeah. like yeah, that's right. It's um, the, the, you haven't got the World Library in your hand. Yeah, like you've got now. Yeah, yeah. It's like any question now I can like, I went on ChatGPT, you know ChatGPT, the mm. AI, and I go, what are all the muscles that attach to the first rib? And it just, boom, brought it up for me. And I was like, fuck, man, this is good. This is nuts. Like, mm. you can learn whatever you want, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's exactly the thing, isn't it? You can learn whatever you want. It's what you choose to want to learn yeah. and how many people are. So many people are still limiting themselves to that little slice of life. Where the Kardashians dwell, and you know what I mean. I mean, it's sort of a whole globe, it's a whole yeah, mm. and celebrity and stuff. You know that that narrow focus on the state, someone on the stage and stuff. You know, and the glitz and the glamour, mm. and the diamonds and the gold. Yeah, mm. I think that the older I've got is is I really see that no one's on a pedestal anymore. Hey, yeah, um, I I, I witness that. I see. Like even someone's so into a footy team or or this, I realized like, oh, that's time. Mm. They're dedicating energy towards it, and and I know like we watch UFC and shit. I can't talk, but like, um, it, it's exactly that. Hey, like that. I used to see I used to see Conor McGregor as larger than life, you know, mm. and now I see him as just a person, and he's going to have these gaps and these strengths, and everyone just has all that. But mm. it's just if the camera's on you or not, really. That's yeah, and that's and we all die. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, and people always forget about you in the next generation or the next generation. And even if you were, say, Mike Tyson or someone, and they did talk about you for a couple of generations, is that is that the most important thing? Mm, mm, I don't know. Mm. Leaving a legacy like that, like that's a warrior, I guess. Like, but is it is it the most important thing? I guess these are just questions you ask, eh? Yeah. But the song came into my head before when you're saying that. You know, do you know Rodriguez? The rich, he's amazing, eh? Do you know the rich, rich folks hoax? That rich I folks d- hoax song. I probably, 
if, if I heard it, but I should know it. I should know it. Obviously, I'll play. I'll play a little. Should we put, chuck it a little bit on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I'm even already connected. Um, I'm, which just, I'm just wondering if this is an opportunity for a toilet break because I've had five glasses of water today. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Run, run home and grab it. Yeah, yeah that's Normally perfect. I don't have any water. I just yeah. had coffee, but I knew I was coming on. I'm thinking <laughs> about the skin and complexion and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I should flesh it out. <laughs> yeah, go because you know, it's so withered. <laughs> go, um, go to the bathroom. That's good. I'll put this song on when you come back. All right, Chuck. All right, all right, all right. All right. We're ready. I'll just play a little bit of it. The moon is hanging in the purple sky. Baby's sleeping while its mother sighs. Talking about the rich folks Rich folks have the same jokes And they park in basic places The priest is preaching from a shallow grave He counts his money, then he paints you saved Talking to the young folks Young folks share the same jokes But they meet in older places So don't tell me about your success Nor your recipes for my happiness Yeah, sick. That's a tune, dude. How good is it? Yeah, I've heard it, it, but I forgot about it, yeah. Rich folks park in the same basic places. Yeah. (laughs) True, true. It's so weird. I went and saw him at concert. I listened to his albums and all that sort of thing. But I don't know what I was doing with my life back then because I I do it all the time. I hear old songs on the radio and I never actually listen to the lyrics. I never, you know, back to that jock thing, I was just bopping with the crowd, you know, that everyone's listening to that and the girls are listening to it too, you know. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, for the first time, I really listened to those lyrics and yet I've heard the song so many times. (laughs) But the first time I've actually listened to the lyrics. Yeah. That's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it is. He 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 died recently, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he died like, like a month or two ago. A couple yeah. months ago. Yeah, he um, lived a lot longer than he thought he was going to live. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. He had an amazing life. Incredible artist. Um, so with now now getting into the movement of like, I guess why why we're here, and this is this is a cool story for. I would have said this before on the potty, but Dad loves Moshe Feldenkrais, right? And it's and is a Feldenkrais. Uh, just fan, okay, and and was my whole life, and then I pretty well rejected it because I just didn't know anything. Like I didn't know anything about it. I heard him talk about this thing mm. a lot, 
And it was it sort of became like, oh yeah, if we're talking about Felton Cross again, you know what I mean? It started to start zone out. Yeah. And when I got into the Czech stuff, this is what's crazy. Um, I remember doing one of the, I think it was Scientific Core or something, and he was, and he started talking about Feldenkrais, mm. and he was like, "This is a thing. If you want to look more into, it, look into Moshe Feldenkrais's work. Right, right. He uses this, showed a shoulder spine integrator." Yeah. And now I remember at the time thinking, "What the fuck? Like, oh, I've never heard anyone ever drop this guy's name before," and mm. and there he is right there for the yeah. people that can that can see. He's from where's he Ukraine? He was originally from Ukraine. Yeah. yeah. Left the Ukraine with a pistol in his boot. His mum had given him when he's around 13. It's just after the war. He's on the road to Israel, the promised land, because he's Jewish. And uh, I think when his great-grandfather was quite a well-known rabbi in that neck of the woods. Famous rabbi or something or other. Anyway, so he, this kid takes off. I think he hung out with a circus for a while. <laughs> and it's just after the war, so there, there are a lot of orphans just roaming the street. You know, the street, the place was still devastated. Europe was still devastated. Mm. This is World War One, And by the time he got to Italy to get a boat across to the Promised Land, um, he had about 100 other children with him and a whole lot of adults had tagged along by that stage too. And then he helped create, he helped do all the, uh, well, he he founded the Haganah, which was the... Uh, because they couldn't carry weapons into the British mandate. It was under the British mandate. But the Arabs could have weapons. So that's when he wrote his little book, Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, and there was techniques in that. Because they were, they were life and death every day. You know, they were fighting their lives every day. And he, he helped build the kibbutzim and all that. I mean, his... His role in the foundation of Israel, and if you go to Israel, you know everyone knows Dr. Moshe Feldenkrais, and and what's going on at the moment. I mean, he must be. I mean, they're setting themselves up for destruction, you know, of Israel. And ah, uh, anyway, what's he's brought this this work of his. Which is um, well, neuroplasticity is the buzzword now. Neuroplasticity, and that was his stuff. I actually did a weekend workshop with a lady. Uh, she's an Egyptian Jew, Bakarita. Her husband, Paul Bakarita, is the one that got all the um, accolades for for neuroplasticity, the capacity of our brain to, you know, just learn. Mm. In a new situation, you can get severe brain damage, but you can your brain will rewire itself. Oh, rewire itself, yeah, sort of grow. And actually, she showed me the photos of of a brain learning in an electron microscope. You've got these tentacles and stuff, and they make a connection. <laughs> and the more you repeat the pattern, the, the things actually get thicker. They get thicker and thicker, so the transmissions quicker and quicker. And that's why habits are so difficult to overcome. That's that law of facilitation, hey? Mm. The law of facilitation, what is that? The neurons. Each, each time an impulse passes a set of neurons, the, that pathway uh, gets ingrained, whatever. And each time that, that path is, is taken, the resistance becomes less and less. So you can just do it easier and yeah, easier. Yeah, yeah. Like well, anything, right? 
Well, it's like it's it's literally like the roots of a plant, right? And and the more it's used, the thicker it gets and the stronger it gets and that sort of thing. Mm. What's the roots of a plant in the rhizons- a rhizosphere? What is it horizon? Is that what the roots right, of a plant's right, called? Rhizomes, yeah. Rhizome like sphere, sphere. I think that's like the the, the sphere of like the the whole. Oh, there network. you go. There you go. It's a brain in itself. Yeah. True. <laughs> true. Yeah, it, uh, they absolutely are. Hey, when yeah. you look at when you look at the root system and and how alive it is and electric it is, it's uh it's very much a brain. <laughs> and then the earth is a big brain. <laughs> um, and yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and 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 with Moshe there. Like, I see the quote that's on the book there. What does it say there on the other side? Uh, can you read that out? Movement. Just sort of talk closer to the thing if you can. Movement is life. Without movement, life is unthinkable. unthinkable. Movement is life. Without movement, life is... Unthinkable. Unthinkable. Yeah. True, true. And, well, I guess the, the slogan was always, from you, was awareness through movement. That's you call it ATMs when you do a session on me. You call it ATM awareness through movement, right? Well, no, that's functional integration a session on you one to one, right? Awareness through movement is a class like we did that day here. It's oh, a group okay, yeah, of people, and you instruct them in movement. Yeah, yeah. So and it's and it's all on your back. Most of it's on your back because you because if you stand up, standing up with your habits to gravity. Mm. So he does it lying down, so you haven't got the gravitational impact. You can learn yeah. better, and it's all so gentle because because it's all about the nervous system more than anything else. Mm. You know what muscles, which muscles you're using, and that's what's so beautiful about what you guys are doing. Because I'd always thought when I was doing Feldenkrais, oh, if I if I had an understanding of of anatomy and all this sort mm. of stuff. It'd be so good, but then I knew to get an understanding of anatomy and all that sort of stuff meant a lot of work, mm. and I was lazy. Mm. And well, uh, but now, well, you now didn't have a phone guys. where I could go bring up an app and do it. Otherwise, I'd be lazy too. If you tells me to go to anatomy textbooks and learn it, fuck, I wouldn't know. But I can pull up a phone and be like, what's that? And then you get curious. So I've learned comp- like anatomy purely from curiosity of wondering what does that and I look at it and I Google it and I look at the way they all look and then I never have once studied anatomy but it's just slowly yeah, all too. the muscles have just slowly gone into my head over just mm. curious of what how things that, move yeah, yeah how things move yeah mm. I was like whoa what one, I wonder what internally rotates the hip what are mm. all the muscles that internally rotate the hip and then there'll be a list on Wikipedia and then yeah. I'll go to the app and go what does that do where's that link and I just sort of never really forget it I don't know yeah well and, anatomy doesn't make sense without that <laughs> Yeah, no, no, that's right. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it, yeah, then that that process that you're describing, that curiosity that you have, that, and that's what matters, isn't it? I mean, er, a lot of people go to university and they go, oh, "I want a job. They, they they'll pay me this much a year, and I can get a house in the suburbs and all this yeah. sort of thing." They're not really doing it mm. for any other reason than just what it. Because they're so young too, like fuck. Yeah, so how do you know what you want to yeah, do? You know, no one knows when they leave school what they want to do. If I you still do, don't rare. know what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you were a banker, right? Briefly, yeah. Briefly. Oh, for nine years. When was the like distinctive point when you were just like, you know what, I'm just going to surrender, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do? Was there a time in your life where you just kind of went, oh, fuck it, 
Well, the only reason I joined the bank is I was living at Caboolture and they said they'd give me a job in Caloundra and I was surfing. Oh, cool. So that's all I wanted to do, you know. Mm. And when I was in the bank, my whole focus was being on the coast, Mm. somewhere near the water or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Although on a couple of occasions they transferred you elsewhere, which is good for your brain too, you know, to get familiar with other communities and stuff and the way other people think. But that was my main driver, yeah. surfing. Surfing. and But I wish I'd known Feldenkrais when I was surfing. I mean, I should have... It's still not too late. No. I'll float out there one day mm-hmm. and see what happens. <laughs> but um, certainly Feldenkrais helps with surfing, uh, everything, sport, dancing, loving, the whole lot. You know? Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's your body. You can't do nothing without it, you know. Oh, and I remember I was breaking you down like a shoulder spine integrator. How remember we were talking about it? Mm. So funny that I was thinking about it, and then Jake comes back from. I was like, "That's multifidus." And then Jake comes back from his course and broke down how they spoke about how that shoulder spine integrator is a multifidus activation of the sacral. And I and I was thinking, I was just thinking. I was literally like three days before mm. he came home. I was I, I realized that, and I was like, "Oh wow, that's it's just a retraction of the hip there, so it's got to fire the multifidus." sacral fibers of multifidus because I was getting curious about what fires the sacral fibers of multifidus because that's what stabilizes an SI joint or a big thing stabilizing mm. an SI joint. Um, and and then I, so I started doing the shoulder spine integrator the other night and but this time putting my thumb on where the muscle is and this is where it's great to have knowledge of anatomy with that because then I know what's meant to be firing for the, to mm. move that area. And, I, and man, it was crazy. It was like it didn't turn on, didn't turn on. They hit a certain spot in the movement and it was like a little – like almost like a like a lightning down my spine went boom like good mm. like the muscle just went puzz on and I was like whoa and I was like like and that's back then he, pro- he probably wouldn't have known that because it wasn't even a thing in yeah. the sense of the multifidus firing segmentally stabilized but would have known it from his body from feeling it you know what I mean of all this, this stuff so it almost brings it now that it's we're getting more advanced it's sort of going back to the older stuff and showing oh it was right just didn't know the exact mechanism, but this is the mechanism of why that does work, you know, um, which is and, – and a cool story of like – this was a great story and we've spoke about it, but the Feldenkrais exercise shoulder spine integrator, the one that I'm talking about is what I gave that girl that came in, Rex's daughter, remember, that came mm. in with um, couldn't walk and shit. And I only gave it to her with – I didn't know it was multifidus. I didn't know none of that shit. I only gave it to her because it simulates gait and walking and she couldn't walk. So it was a brain-to-body connection, her problem. That was her problem, right? It wasn't muscle – there was a heap of muscle weakness there. Obviously, she was in a wheelchair for a few months. But, like, that was the problem. And our, and the shoulder spine by Feldenkrais is what got her walking into the clinic again with order, with a bit of motivation, mm. with everything. But that was, like, the only really movement I gave her. Cause she, and the physios gave her lunges – she she couldn't she was dragging her foot like full cerebral palsy style. I saw that, yeah. When you released it recently, and it was an old old video. Yeah, yeah Harry that, must that have done was, that. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was that's her. Yeah, breast yeah. yeah, yeah. And and but no one checked that she couldn't rotate because that's what walking is, right? It's rotation and running. It's rotation. Your thorax has to rotate. Up legs have to go forward and back. Core has to hold the two together. So when the thorax rotates, the core has to do its job to not let that rotation go down into the hips and twist the hips and knees and shit. Right, so if your core works well, then you're going to be able to rotate in the thorax while keep the legs going forward and back. And she rotated, man, tightest rotators I've ever seen. Rotation, it was like, it would have been about 10, 15 degrees each side she could rotate, which is mm. nuts. Mm. You couldn't even turn to like drive, you know what I mean? That's crazy limited. 
And that QL was so tight. Everything, all that tissue was so dry because she was in a fucking hospital bed for ages, you know? So oh, that, yeah, she was, she was she in was, a bad way. She was in a real bad way, yeah. Um, yeah. And Feldenkrais, that was a lesson from the universe for me. Feldenkrais is what got it through. And Czech's system of showing me the Feldenkrais because I needed him to drive it in from, you know, because your parents show you shit. You don't, you don't listen to it. But no. it, it obviously settles in your brain somehow, you yeah. know? Um, because now I catch myself saying... I talk to clients and myself and awareness through movement. Do this. Just be aware of everything you're doing. Because what you gave me was awareness through movement of you rolling around on the ground doing that sort of stuff. But I've taken that now into the everything, into lunging, into squatting, into fucking every exercise you can do in the gym. Be so aware of the way it feels in your body. And like I started doing that. Like if I do a cable push, I'll, I'll hike my shoulder here and drop it there then protract it there then retract it there. And I'll feel what feels better in the joint. You know, and I'll, I'll turn my head this way, I shift my thorax that way, I rotate it that way, and then you start to really feel your body, like, and then you can teach it to others so well. Um, so it's it's amazing how you rolling around on the ground my whole life as a kid for hours on the ground, cracking your bones and and just random shit has somehow. And then you'd tell me what was like always like, how do you get up quick if a cheetah's running at you and shit, you know? And you, and you'd spiral, so you'd do like a spiral squat. Or how do you sit in that chair and then you spiral down in that chair? Or how do you fucking, what was a, how do you get your knee between this part of your leg? And like, you just made curious. And it's crazy how that programmed me when I was super young to do what we're doing now um, mm. without having to go, without being told what to do from the university, you know? Yeah, well, and that's just like you said, um, what you guys doing improves your survivability. Mm. You know, because... Um, yeah, just straight out does, you know. If you're an animal, we're an animal. Yeah. Mm. Well, this was a um, cool story, actually. At the last Diane course I did, man, that we all assessed each other's shoulders. There was 20-something 20, 20 of us in, to do the shoulder assessment. And then there was two checkies, me and one other. And then when it was time to assess our shoulders, there was nothing that was really wrong with our shoulders in the <laughs> sense of, like, mm. big things that would change the ribs. Mm. That she came around, she's like, oh, no, you're good. Oh, no, you're good. And then everyone else's, there was something you could do. Yeah. Because they weren't really moving their bodies. They weren't really doing it. They were just sort of, I don't know, prescribing exercise but not doing the exercise, you know. Because remember, remember I used to have a really bad winging? Yeah. Remember we went to that shoulder workshop thing and the guy was saying that it's genetic and shit and they're not worrying about it and stuff. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh, well, I changed mine. Like, yeah. you know, are you just telling me not being, you can't change other people's, you know? Um, it's like it's uh, people saying it's genetic is such a cop out these days, eh? Yeah, it's like it's 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 just not trying. Like you might even if I see something genetic, I'm going to try and fucking change it. They told her Breck's daughter she had thick blood. They thought it was genetic, and I was like, genetic thick blood. They just said, oh, you got you just happened out with thick blood, and they didn't ask her if she drank water. Remember, she didn't drink water, <laughs> so I got her drinking water, and obviously she was having blood clots with thick blood, not drinking water and shit, with a bit of lumbar compression. You mm. know, it's like a little plumbing and pipes. You see the compression, you see the thick blood, it's going to create something eventually, you know, with a bit of shitty sleep. Like, Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, I had a similar, like, I had this girl um, and she was, like, crazy chronic back pain. And I was like, it probably was multifidus now I look back at it, but mm. I didn't know at the time. Mm. And um, I was doing shoulder spine integrated with her one day and she just, like, she got up and she's like, oh, my God, my back pain's going away. 
And then next week she came in and we did it again. She's like, my back pain's gone away. And she just like burst into tears and she's like, my back pain's gone away. Wow. And that was from shoulder spine integrator. Wow. And that was multifidus. Yeah. Dude. It happened to me twice. That same different girl though. Everyone the things like, what is shoulder spine integrator? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just a, yeah, it's a twisting movement basically. But when yeah. you understand how you breathe with it and things like that, you're getting a lot of sp- pumping in the spine. There's so much good to it, but amazing that he came up with that, you know, yeah. and it's uh, what Paul gives to people with like, you know, paraplegic, paraplegics that need to create that neural connection again. And yeah, 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 it's pretty gold. It's gold. It is gold. Um, and that's where Matt Walden, remember, remember that paper, realizing the benefits, make the benefits real. He was talking about, and he goes, you could give someone a Feldenkrais knee rocking exercise on the ground. And then this is what the, this is what the field does, right? They just go do that. Cause they think, oh, this person does this. They got to do this exercise. Don't tell them why they're doing it. A lot of the time they don't know why they're doing it. Not, you know, but, then he's like, okay, you can tell them they're doing a knee rocking exercise where you're just laying on the ground, you bend your knees, and they just rock left and right. It's very subtly, very slowly. And he goes, or you can say, yeah, you're doing that, okay. And, and then as you do that, it's going to be an oscillation. So we're going to get a lymphatic flow through the lumbar disc there. And then you're going to, we're going to get some sort of posterior tilt, which is going to help tension that sacrotubus ligament. And then blah, 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 blah. Mm. You can tell them all that shit. And then they, while they're doing it, they're getting this placebo effect which is, it is actually happening, but they're getting the neural connection to what's actually happening in their brain. And it, it's, it's part of it. It's such a big part of it. Hence why they got to have placebo mm. meta controlled studies. You know what I mean? Because it, it's effective. Our brain's so effective, um, knowing why you're doing it. Um, another thing I wanted to get into is like, so obviously, and then obviously I met Jake, right? I met Jake and then I started showing you Paul check stuff on youtube and then you were just like all into his stuff um and what did you like i think you told me one day on the phone actually i was like oh you should just do it are you gonna do it or i think you said something like that and that's that and maybe i think you said it too jake and then that's when um i booked in and just did the course because i didn't actually i was studying all this shit hardcore and like listening to it all but when i say studying i was studying with when i mean zero intention i mean not even the thought crossed my mind I could do it as a job. Because I was like, oh, I'm too old. I'm 20 something. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. can't study all this and be good at it. And I was like, I'm never yeah. going to be able to do all that, you know? Yeah. Um, yet it ended up being fucking my full passion that just, I didn't even know. So it's crazy how your passion ended up becoming my passion. Mm-hmm. And I like, and I didn't even know I was into it. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know I was into the body, but it was right in front of me the whole time because I was always. And I, I, what I wanted was that holistic thing because I was into nutrition, but not, I didn't want to be a nutritionist. I didn't, that doesn't excite me. I don't want to be a dietitian. Um, but I was into like just basic, make sure they're not eating shit, Googling at Woolies at the time what is the health benefits of every vegetable I saw and trying to get them all in me. That's the phase I was at, mm. trying to get every fucking vegetable I had, all sprayed with shit. I didn't know stuff at the time, you know. Um, and it, it ended up being why I'm so good at it really in the sense of um, – just seeing it, you know, because we did it really our whole life, you know. And fast forwarding, what and off track really, but like when I went to jail, so yeah, the moment I went to the prison because I didn't tell you a mum for ages. I'm not sure how you found out. Maybe someone told Rani or someone told because I hit it. I got caught with the pills. Didn't mm. tell anyone. Thought I was yeah. just going to court and yeah. no one was, was fully going to get away with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> no one was going to know. It was only until we really got there, eh, that the guy was like, oh, you're probably going to go away and shit. So there's some weird shit going down there, right? Mm. Hence the guy I bought him off got six months and I got seven months, which is weird, you know. Mm. Um, what 
went through your head at the time then and what were your fears or, or you know what I mean? At that moment, because I remember the moment clearly. What do, what do you remember from that moment? Well, I could see the judge was just sort of non mentis really. He nailed some thing about, you know, being a... Being a uh, a gateway drug and that you know and bullshit. See, I can't remember that. Yeah, I was pretty. But also, out. also, I know at the time that they were needing people to go to jail because of the privatization of the prisons and what. So they need a quota and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And that David James, he was actually the, you know, David, he was the lawyer. He's I, I lawyer. knew him from the from the um, club, surf club. Right. He was one of the founding members there, and I said, "Oh, surely he's going to." Do his best for us, mm. you know. but and you see the deal was done, wasn't it? Yeah, between the judge and him. It was before. A, it was done before. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's just so. As far as that process goes, I know Bill Lyon. Bill, he was in tears. <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, uh, and actually, the actual going to jail. Well, I, you know, I thought, you know. It's probably a good thing. Mm. So it was a good thing. And it was in the sense you got to experience the um, the three modalities in the... What do you Woodford, mean? Woodford and... Oh, yeah, I got experience all the, all the Queensland prisons, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was good. Yeah. It's good between all three of them. Yeah. They were all fine. Yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. why I think they were fine because really they got your personality. Like, mm. I think they, they're not fine for a lot of people in there and it wasn't fine for heaps of people. I saw heaps of people have a bad time. Um but it was fine for me the whole time, like really. Oh, if you hadn't done BJJ, yeah, I, know. I mean, and yeah. thanks, yeah. thanks, bomber, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, if you hadn't done BJJ, I would have been packing shit, yeah. you know. Mm. But um, yeah. I think, and that just came through, and I guess the attitude of myself in there, of like knowing I had a little bit of that behind me, definitely, yeah, yeah. For sure, yeah. 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 Imagine you didn't know. Imagine how afraid you'd be. Without yeah. Oh man, if you don't know how to fight, fuck that. Because I remember, yeah. I remember one stage looking around thinking, I've got everyone in here. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck. I, if, they we would, if they don't know jiu-jitsu. If they don't know jiu-jitsu, yeah, yeah we would. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just like, it's not like that. Like in the sense of, yeah, you got in that and then there's a million units. That's only that. Because it's like a little world, right? Every unit's a little world. And it's all of a sudden a whole different people, these people. And you don't really see them all each other, you know? Um, so it depends what little world you're in. But I know, I know from, from just like talk in there it wasn't like if you were a fight or something yeah you got respect in some sense but no one really gives a fuck I remember they spoke about this some kickboxer dude and then they're like and the brothers were banging his head against the wall by the end of the day and shit <laughs> like, <laughs> like um yeah like the indigenous fellas you know what I mean? it's <laughs> like so you still got to be a likable person yeah and you still got to yeah. not oh for sure for sure yeah. for sure yeah um and I think yeah like it's it's a full fine line about not being too tough not being too uh, on edge like if someone says shit to you you don't have to just smack them straight away otherwise you can still do a hard time doing that sort of shit you know because mm. otherwise you're going to get sent to this unit and then you're going to go to you're not going to be able to go to residential and you know, rah, rah, rah. so it's like there's a fine line of like how far can someone push you before you react but also you can't be weak and I remember dabbling across that line I remember there was this, this guy who was in I'm not sure if I've ever told you but he was in um, his indigenous fella Pretty bigger, bigger fella, and I could see he was like sussing me out, you know. And he's he's one he smacked. Remember, I told the story about that week, week of dude that got his shit taken. He's the one that took the shit from him. 
smacked him in the eye and made him give him his tokens and stuff. And he, I was playing cards and he was sort of came up behind me and was like, like sort of punched me in the ribs, but held like gently, like almost like a punching bag, mm. but like, like sort of joking, but like, you know what I mean? Mm. Weird energy. Mm. And I remember at that time thinking, that was probably an, a stressful time of like, what do I do now? Do I just fucking crack this dude or do I just like laugh it off or do I just like be a little bit stern? I remember thinking like he was sort of asked the question. I was just sort of semi-ignoring him, like not, not giving him too much respect but not not pushing him but not being weak yeah, to him either. Yeah, it was this yeah. fine line. Yeah, eh? that's good. And I could see he was like suss me out. Mm-hmm. Um, but then one time I think we are at the Oval and I was like hitting the bag a little bit mm. and I had done a little bit beforehand. So obviously you can see – you know, within, you know, if you see someone punch a bag, you know, within five seconds, if yeah. they can fight or not. Yeah. Um, and he sort of, we ended up sort of chatting and sort of getting along, but ended up, the screws ended up kicking him out of the unit and going somewhere else for some reason. Mm. I think cause he smacked that other guy. Mm-hmm. But I remember like, that was a moment where I was like, oh, okay, what do I, what do I do right now? You know, what's, what's the optimal decision? And then I told you how I was like taking, did I tell you how I was taking, um, that subatex from one unit to another, that drug? From that, yeah, yeah, I knew there was something like that going on. Yeah, <laughs> and tells. and I like sort of didn't want to, but no one stood over me to do it. It was just like I was just helping the boys out, sort of yeah. set up. It was like that vibe. But then uh, yeah. people got in my head was like, "Oh, you don't get caught. You know, you're going to go do more time." And that was the last thing I wanted to, was to do more time. Mm. And because I was fucking counting my days down pretty well. Fuck yeah. Um, and and then when I said no in front of everyone, Stan. Um, was calling me a dog and I knew he was like fucking dog like going nuts and big biggest guy he was the if he was saying he was the head of the unit he was the head of the unit in, at, at my unit in Woodford mm-hmm. nice guy though but just like and I've said to, if I was to describe him he's the sort of dude that would bash someone and then feel sorry for about it you know mm-hmm. how who else is like I can describe those people they're the scariest type of people man mm-hmm. where yeah, they're yeah, yeah. you know they'll like stab you and then they'll be like oh like Chopper Reed movie Eric Banner Chopper Reed exactly that vibe like, you know how he, like, did he shoot that dude? And was like, oh, sorry, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that listen, mate, listen, mate. Yeah, you're like, oh, sorry, man, if you didn't do this, like, yeah, yeah. you know, oh, sorry, brother, sorry, sorry, brother. This is, he was always yeah. like, sorry, brother. Big Samoan dude. Like, Aussie Samoan. There's um, evil and there's evil, isn't there? Yes. Yeah, mm. yeah, he was like, he wasn't, he was just like, he, he was, there was like this look there, you know, that was a little bit, hey, like... You're like, oh, I don't want to fuck this guy. Even if I could beat him in a fight, I don't want to fight this dude. And he would come back and fucking stab me. Yeah, or exactly. You know? It was yeah. full that vibe. Yeah. Um, and I and I stood my ground, and I was th- and I I remember feeling the impulse of like, um, just oh, just just say you'll do it. I remember feeling that nearly giving in, like oh, I'll do it for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that would have been the worst thing for me because I was looking at a bitch in front of everyone. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I, I was like. Nah, nah, man. I was like, I, I had my head down and shit. I wasn't like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I was yeah. like, nah, man. Like, and you just couldn't nod at the time, man. Yeah. You think you're tough, but fuck at the time. Nah. And everyone had their head down. Even yeah, crew that sure. were telling me to do it, like this, uh, they all had their head down too. Like, because they understood where I was coming from, but they un- they were like, oh, I'm not going to get in between this, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we went back to the unit, and I was thinking, oh shit, like you just feel this stress over oh, you. Oh yeah. Of, like, what's happening right now? Am I going yeah. to punch on with this dude? And um, he ended up coming up and apologising to me and shit and was like, oh, it's all good, brother. Like, you would have felt so good when I he did, did that. man. And I, he got someone else to do it for him somehow. So mm. it was – and I knew I was already aware of it. I was just not giving him his fix. They're all junkies and I was just not giving him his drugs. Yeah. So that's why he was wigging the fuck out. You yeah, know fully, I mean? fully. Um, yeah. And I was aware of that. But 
even the next couple of days, I was still like, all right, like he could still flip it. Yeah, he might just think about it and then regret it, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I happened to get into residential at Woodford the next couple of days because it's a weird thing. You can feel the energy in the unit building, building yeah. with everything. Like if there's not drugs coming to the unit for a while, when when drugs are in the unit, everyone's happy, shaving each other's legs and shit. Hey, brother, giving each other's massages. <laughs> like it's fucking like that, eh? <laughs> yeah. And then when there's not after a while, it's like, you know, someone pushes or someone doesn't hold them for the line or something. Like, Remember this yeah. guy, he didn't, he, like, you meant to say, oh, I'm next on the phone. And then this guy went in front of him. Like, he was waiting, you know, they don't line up. He's like, oh, I'm next. And he's like, oh, like, I'll just go first, you know what I mean? And then you can see, this is another one of those type of guys. His name was Rob, actually. That was, like, another sort of schizer where he probably would feel bad afterwards. And just, like, you can see it's his home for him. They're so used to it. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, this is them for life, you know? Um, and, and then he's next morning he would have been stewing on that all night just some guy not letting him on the <laughs> yeah. phone the doors all open it's like and they all go boom 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 all and he just sprints out of his and sprints into that guy's room and starts fucking just railing on him i don't know yeah. if he had a weapon or whatever and then the, all the screws come in we all got to put our hands on the wall head on the wall they drag him out just full charles bronson style That's like sick. yeah and i remember thinking this shit's fucking nuts like look where i am <laughs> at, at one stage there was these dudes squatting on the wall, these dudes booting up, and these dudes, um, I was I was walking the yard with someone just touching the wall while these guys were squatting, these guys were booting up, playing cards, and Dead Prez Hip Hop was playing, which is, it's bigger than hip hop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I remember having a skinhead, high high white socks with his like Nikes, like shirt tucked in, full like almost Latino <laughs> style, thinking like, dude, look where the fuck I am. And like, <laughs> and knowing this wasn't me, yeah, yeah but fully, I, but fully. I fitted in so well, like fitted in so well. So it's so crazy, it was yeah. crazy. It's such a crazy, cool experience, though. Yeah, it is. It's like a dream now, you know. Yeah, um, and I have dreams about it all the time. But I'm back in there, like often. Um, and but yeah, you wrote to me all the time. And fuck, I actually wish I kept the letters because I remember I was at a stage when I when I left jail, I just wanted to get rid of everything. No, now, now there were yeah, so yeah. many good letters, and I wish I kept them. But oh, it was all yeah. just like. No, there was like just just gold in there, you know. Yeah. Um, I think like what you remember so much more than letters and stuff is like this podcast. Mm. With your dad, mm. you know, because we'll have this podcast forever, you know, and you could live to a hundred. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which like oh, I'm so surprised that my dad didn't. But when I think of what I'm so grateful for is the podcast. Yeah, because I, I will look back on that. Definitely, yeah. and like the letters, and there's a few, there's a few that he had that were pretty cool. But like, yeah, it's different, eh? Mm. It's like it's different with the voice. The voice is weird, mm. you know. You, you hear yeah, your dad's yeah. voice and you hear what he's about, and yeah. for some reason you can feel your presence through the through the podcast or through the video or or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, Ricky Gervais, what was that show that he did? Afterlife. Afterlife. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so okay, when you when you pass. Right, one day. What do you expect from me and Rani? <laughs> Millions. No expectation. You mean as in funeral service? No, no, not funeral. <laughs> not funeral service. Um, well, actually, yeah, funeral service. <laughs> Watala Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watala Beach. Yeah, ashes. Watala Beach. Yeah. Well, that, we. I don't know what the world's going to be like then, but well, so we. Keep it to just that latitude. So if in South America, the latitude will be okay. You know what I mean? No, what do you mean? Well, we're told the beach is at a specific latitude. 
if you go to Brazil or wherever it is in South America at that same latitude, you're probably going to find the weather's sort of the same. Mm. You know, All right, okay, if we're not in Australia. Latitude, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not in Australia. <laughs> yeah. um, and who knows what's coming down? I mean, today, you know how I've been raving on about this, and I just want to say it now because this is a brilliant opportunity. <laughs> that tonight in New York could be... This, well, one guy described it as the fall of Babylon, and in the last book of the Bible they talk about the harlot and Babylon. And apparently this is the end of that mm. system yeah. of control. And a new system will eventually emerge, corrupt control, but this guy is hoping that we get about two years' window of reprieve of good times. Mm-hmm. hope he's right. You know. um, okay, but what do you expect not from a funeral of... of of uh, of me and Rani and me and Jake, or you know, like what a what do you expect from a father to son? Actually, what would, what do you expect when when you die? Well, I don't expect grandchildren or anything like that. That doesn't even enter my mind, you know. Um, uh, just you, your my expectations already met. Mm-hmm. People you've surrounded yourself with, Rani too, are just great. Mm. And that whole milieu, you know, it's just beautiful. Mm. So I'm already happy. I can die tomorrow and I'll be happy. Mm. It's good to know. That's awesome. Mm. Yeah. Good to know. Um, all right. And what song do you want played at your funeral? <laughs> that, that Rodrigo song? Well, you know, <laughs> you know the... That song that I've lost. Lupe Fiasco? Could have been me. It could have been me when I watched that guy performing it. And I'm going, that should have been me. I mean, I did the Feldenkrais. I should have been a star and all this sort of stuff. But um, uh, um, putting on the Ritz. Putting on the Ritz. With um, Taco, his name was. Taco. Taco. Okay. I'll, I'll look he was big that. in Germany when he first poured out, but it's worth checking out the. Uh, the way the guy moves is beautiful. Mm. Yeah, and I guess like when you talk about um, could have been you and 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 all that, it's it's going to be us. You know what I mean? So really, your your legacy and your your work has gone into to us, and I feel like we're gonna something something big's gonna happen one day for us, and I, and I really believe we're gonna make a dent in the world with mm. some, with, with uh, just well, the culture. Health and human potential movement, human yeah. potential movement, and what we've been talking about with, you know, we're finally recognising we know how to use this thing now. You know, up until now we haven't. It's all been a bit of a mystery. Mm. We we're the only animal that doesn't know how to use itself. We have to learn. <laughs> yeah, and uh, as we go more upright, I believe that we well, that's the evolution. I believe that our awareness of movement, because we know anatomy and shit now, we can make it structure it to fulcrums and angles and we can get even better because yeah. we are getting better every yeah. there's a faster runner every year you know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um all right well mm. awesome awesome dad awesome. nothing else anything else awesome. you want to you want to finish on any any words of wisdom for the, the listeners well jesus oh 
you know, this is this is um, you know, who that is um, no, no, looks like uh, the Oppenheimer does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does, <laughs> doesn't it? Probably um, there was a famous book called The Diary of Anne Frank, mm. and she was a young Jewish girl growing up in the, and she kept this diary of when everything started to go down, you know, with the whatever. But Carl Krasinski, you know, the science mm. guy, mm. and as far as the Christian act, he's Jewish, his dad was Jewish, but as far as the Christian act goes, um, his father was in the concentration camps, eventually came to, survived, came to Australia, young Carl, and uh, the camp guard, one of the camp guards, turned up at um, his dad's place, he was the manager of this, um, for a job. And he didn't recognise Carl's dad, obviously him, and he gave him a job. And Carl Krasinski was in class with this guy's son sitting next to him. You know what I mean? I mean, that's just, that's Christian act, that is, Mm. to be able to forgive that level is yeah. beyond me. Hmm. Yeah, true. So, yeah. is that the is that the lesson for everyone to? to no, fi- it seems to be because Moshe, um, Doctor, you know, like, uh, and the Jewish thing. I mean, the whole thing that's going on in Israel at the moment. Just with, um, I understand the Jews have come through this pogrom after pogrom. You know, through the history of ever since Christ was crucified everyone's been on their back because they're the ones responsible. And you know how, like, in the people against the Jews, there's this sort of... And then, of course, it all it all came manifest in Nazi Germany in the Second World War. But now you have the situation where the state of Israel is doing this to the Palestinians, who were, who were arguably in a big camp anyway. So where... Where do we lay this? You know, I mean, they can say, oh, the Nazis did it to us, so we can do it to them. I mean, there's got to be a point where we can't be doing it to no one no more because nothing will change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I don't know. So, forgiveness. Yeah. <laughs> forgiveness. Um, and I guess uh, one of the, I was going to say before we go, one of the biggest strengths I got from you would, I've never seen weakness in you in the sense I've never seen. I've never seen you you cry or just any any crack anywhere. I've never seen my whole life, like even when your parents died, never saw anything like that. And I sort of like that for some reason because I feel like that's mm-hmm. helped me a lot to sort of stay strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. You mightn't have seen it, but it's there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, same right. for me, right? Um, but it's like, it's. I feel like that's the quality, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's... Uh, as a as a leader i want to be i feel like you almost got to be strong sometimes but you can still be strong and 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 open up but it's a it's a it's a fine line it's a feminine world these days you know well, yeah totally you yeah. can whinge all you want but who's listening yeah <laughs> and, and who wants that shit anyway yeah yeah you know, uh, like everyone's got their own problems don't add to it you know what i mean yeah yeah i remember seeing um ben put a lighter to your arm and you didn't move when I was a kid for ages. And I was thinking, what the fuck? Like, just let, let in the arm cook. And I remember thinking, oh, that's 
that's nice. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's something to look up to, you know yeah, what I mean? Strength, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, it's, it's, uh, it's um, my skin's so bad now, but it was, the scar was, was still visible. I'm sure you find it there somewhere. Yeah. But, um, but like I said, you know, it's like, uh, it's, and, and the dogs, I mean, you know, all the, all the dogs I've known in my life have been amazing. You know? <laughs> like, right. Yeah, Raza, Rami, Rami, yeah, sweetie, <laughs> and now Honey. Now you got your own like actual granddaughter dog, <laughs> Tyson. Yeah, Rogie, um, Scarlet. Yeah, he said Rogie. Yeah. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Just Amen to that. Eh. We gotta. We gotta acknowledge dogs in our life a lot yeah. more. Eh. They're the best things. Oh man, it's it's honey for having a female dog. It, it softens me a little bit, you know. Oh, for in, sure, in a, in a good way. Like, cause yeah, because it's like I, I hang around men and fight and do all this shit and like such mm. so masculine, and then I can come home and see. Her, I'm like, oh hey, come here, darling. Like, yeah. You know, and all the boys are like, oh sweetie, honey, come here, honey. Yeah. Oh, give us like best thing ever. It's man. so funny. I'm the same eh? with my dog. Yeah. The time. Yeah. All right, all right well, man. Thanks Much for love. On. Thanks for coming on. Um, all right, thanks, Dad. Love. love you. Yeah.